the winner of the 2021 Brownlow Medal is Ollie Wines of the Port Adelaide Football Club. Welcome to our little birdie podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of pros. I'm your host, Scoot, and i got MG here. How are you, buddy? Good, Scooty. Bounce but, back after the Brownlow. Tough night. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, wasn't too bad. Um, wasn't as bad as uh, a few areas of it, but uh, yeah, what an exciting count. Um, unbelievable result for Ollie Wines to uh, equal the record. I don't think too many people saw that coming in uh, any ratings I saw. Um, Massive count. Yeah, we thought the winner would be low, low 30s, maybe mm. 31, 32, but... To get to 36, uh, yeah, it's an outstanding count. So, um, yeah, no, high count. First time four players over 30 as well. So um, it was highly entertaining night. Mm, not without some uh, funny commentary from the media blowing up, saying it, uh, that midfielders' medals starting to raise its heads. The same old matter, same old uh, storyline. But I tell you what, OB was best on ground and best dressed anyway on uh, Sunday night at the uh, the bag of fruit. Now you've just uh, dialed it back a couple of notches, OB. Yeah, just back to the, back to my punting kit. <laughs> Saturday afternoon punting kit. But no, it was a, it was a great night. Um, I think I read somewhere that Bontempelli would have won uh, all bar three Brownlow medals with 33 votes. Yep. Um, uh, Oliver would have won uh, all bar six or five or six. Um, and then Walsh would have won all bar eight or nine. So it was a yeah. really high count. I know about the midfielders, um, midfielders medal, but they're the better players. They're mm. the best players. So they're in the, yeah. they're in, they're near the ball for a reason. So yeah. uh, I've got no issues with it. I think mm. there's only been two Ruckman, uh, dating back several decades anyway. So it's not like it's new. Um, what was the last forward? Tony Lockett. In 87, I think. And the last backman, you'd have to go back before any of us are alive. So it's not like it's a new well, thing. What, where was Wanganine playing? Hey? Wanganine? Back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was, what, 93. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been midfield, yeah, midfielders. Diesel. Yeah, huh? midfielders and Ruckman for a mm. long time. And Wanganine only got 18 votes. Yeah. It was a really low count that, that year. So, uh, look, they, you know, Gorn was outstanding. He's had an outstanding year. But then, you know, who's, you know, yeah, was there a backman that sort of jumped off the page? You know, everyone says Lever and May, but. Lever sort of gets you 14 touches and that's about it. You know, the eight yeah. intercept possessions, like, you know, and then there's, and there's no real forward that sort of, that's, um, you know, kicked a, a huge bag and, and knocked it off the map. So yeah. um, it was always going to be a midfielder's award and, um, yeah, I think a, a, a very deserved winner. It was good to see a couple of forwards, uh, Buddy and uh, Bruce, uh, get threes when they kick bags of sixes. So it's interesting from a Norm Smith betting perspective. You're probably going to have to kick five or six to get the uh, the medal. Let's have a look at the quick leaderboard for the uh, the Brownlee medal. Ollie Wines finished on 36, Bontepelli 33, 31, Oliver. Walsh was the uh, surprise pack at 30 votes uh, in a pretty lacklustered side. We've given Carlton a fair bit of stick and it's interesting uh, movements now with Michael Voss uh, into the frame and Adam Kingsley seem to be the ones that uh, will fight it out. Any goss, MG? Yeah, we were speaking about it before with OB downstairs. I'd love to have known the original list and if Voss gets the job, how far down he was down the list. I'm tipping he wasn't inside the top 10. Mm, be interesting to see if the coach they elect actually coaches for a full term or whether there's going to be some uh, ducks and drakes or it just seems like a basket case but uh, that's the Carlton that we've known for quite a long time. Yeah, I've worked with Adam Kingsley. He's fantastic. So hopefully he gets the opportunity but look, is Kingsley like Teague, first time coach possibly, they'll have to go some, look like they're doing something different possibly. Uh, I'm not sure about the narrative around Carlton at the moment but hopefully, you know, they've got a good list so hopefully the coach comes in and um, you, you want to see Carlton, Nesson and, and these you know, these teams playing finals because that's where you, that's how you pack the G out. Yeah. It mm. might turn out to be a blessing for someone like Kingsley as well. Going into a first-time job against Carlton in the current climate they're in is probably not the ideal job anyway. Um, and I, I, I still believe that, you know, Clarko probably will go to Gold Coast now, but 
I'm certain Carlton, if Voss doesn't produce next year, he's no lock to keep going. He could be a one one year tenure. I mean, wonder. He, well, that could, he could be part of the deal. Who knows? I think Brian Cook's got a bit of weight. Yeah, I think there's six coaches that are out of contract at the end of 2022. So there'll be a few looking over their shoulder for uh, A. Clarkson. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, top rope will get a couple of sackings. We know he loves them. Uh, we're going to preview the uh, prelims with uh, top rope, and we're going to have a quick look at uh, the uh, Ryder Cup, the US versus Europeans, and uh, I guess the main event is the AFL Grand Final. And uh, we're going to bring on uh, Daniel Cross, who's uh, played a couple hundred games for the Bulldogs, and he finished his career with two seasons at the D's. He, uh, he, he wasn't done, and he had plenty of fresh legs in him. The White Kenyan, they uh, called him when he first started out, and uh, <laughs> he's a friend of the show. But uh, welcome, Crossy. Thanks, Scoot. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's, uh, it's an interesting one uh, with you. It's, I don't know where, the, where your heart and where your loyalty will lie, and I'm not sure, uh, knowing you, uh, whether you'll tell us, but uh, are you going to cheer the dogs or the Ds? And obviously you've worked closely with both clubs. Who's, uh, where's the heart lie here, mate? Um. Yeah, so as I've, I've said to you in a cheeky message, um, I'm going to be sitting on the fence with who I uh, actually barrack for. Um, it's a win-win um, in in my eyes. Um, yeah, obviously being at the Bulldogs for um, 13 years and then playing at Melbourne for two and then working there for five, it's, uh, it makes it a bit difficult. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see where both clubs are at. But um, I think. With a tip, I, I honestly think the dogs will just get over the line. Wow! It um, just let's let's talk about I guess your uh, when you first turned up at uh, the D's because it's a fascinating story. Like, obviously, you were with the dogs for a, a, a long time, but um, Ruse was there when you were at the D's, and everyone knows you as an you know impeccable trainer and your preparation, your dedication, and what you you know put into it. What was the culture like when you um you stepped into the D's, and how have they turned it around so quickly? Um, Obviously, they had a lot of work to do, and now they've gone in a pretty um, quick duration, right up up to the top. They they were probably going as bad as someone like Carlton, as we've just uh, spoken about. And now uh, here they are in a in a grand final. What was the uh, what was the thing that turned them around? You probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's the the straight um, easy answer. Uh, it was more all me. Um, now nah, look, when I when I got there, um, yeah, like. I think, yeah, it was two wins they'd had the year before and, um, yeah, much the same um, the year before that. And um, it really were in trouble um, in terms of where the culture was at um, as, a, as an organisation. Um, and as you said, that's when Ruzi came on board. And at the end of 2013, Peter Jackson um, came on board as a CEO. And I think those two guys were um, the real architects of, um, you know, turning turning the place around, and then you you have all your little bits and pieces um, around the organisation where it starts to build um, from from those guys. Um, the the head of the leadership with those two definitely, and you know, I don't think Ruzi wasn't brought on board for his um, necessarily his tactical uh, now. You know, he's a very um, defensive. Um, he had a very defensive mindset, um, as we saw when he was coaching up in Sydney, um, and ju- really just focused on the fundamentals, um, the basics, um, and getting them right. And that's what Sydney did. They, they were the best at getting the, the basics right over and over again, and, and that's what um, Ruzi brought in uh, from the start, just just building from the ground up. Um, 
didn't really have any, um, I guess, you know, game plan to, to look to as players. And that was that was pretty evident, you know, listening to, to players when, when I came across. Um, you know, they were just all out at sea. Um, when things started to go wrong on game day, they just start to, uh, you know, go into their shell and start playing for themselves. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, Bruzy was a, a massive part of that. And um, I think that's that's when the, you know, recruiting drive started with, you know, going to the draft, Um I remember in my first year it was was Salem and, and Harms and, and Jaden Hunt um, were the first few, and then the year after was Tracker and um, Brayshaw, um, Alex Neil Bullen, um, and then they've just built from there, Oliver from there on, and um, you know they've been really smart with the the selections that they've chosen um, through trades, um, really gone for a needs basis, and um, they've built their list beautifully, and the recruiters, you know, have done an amazing job. Um, to get to where they are now, and, it, and it, you're right, it has been a slow um, build. You know, obviously, 2018 was it was a good season, but um, yeah, it's it's been a build up until now, and and probably the you know progression of guys. You know, you think of Max, um, Tommy McDonald's been a, a good player for a, for a long while, but um, you know, particularly Max, like his progression since I've got there has been incredible. Um, you know, just his professionalism and the way he leads. Um, you know, he's, you know, the dominant rock, ruckman he has been for the last four or five years. So, um, yeah, it's it's you know, poles apart to where the, the club is now to where it was when I started. A little bit of a uh, tidbit, OB. Yeah, Little Birdie tells me he, he started first ruck uh, playing for Ormond in, ahead of Max Gorn. So he... <laughs> He's gone one way, and uh, what's happened to you, big fella? Uh, no, I think we're on the same trajectory. Um, yeah, our careers, I'm still waiting for my big break, and obviously Max got his. But yeah, we played at Ormond together. Um, we're probably, yeah, I think a ten or eleven years difference. Uh, I was yeah 27, 28, and he was uh, he was sixteen and or sixteen, seventeen, just at the Sandringham Dragons. They had a buy, so. He, uh, he played a game at a gun reserve. I said, Max, bench is that way, mate. I'll take the first rut. And let's just say it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, long, before, uh, it wasn't long before the roles were reversed. And uh, I think the disappointing thing for you, I've just I heard a bit of mail. And, uh, the difference between Max, Max probably likes a contest and you'd probably shy away is the other bit of mail. One of my spies saw you play a couple of games here, OB, and they reckon that uh, you, you actually like to befriend your opponents and just chew, chew their ear off trying to be friends so they wouldn't uh, crack in his heart. Is that true? I, I like to say I was ahead of, ahead of my time. <laughs> Uh, the outside ruckman, the running ruckman, <laughs> running away from the ball ruckman. Uh, I thought I was ahead of my time. So yeah, anyway, just a bit of space. I'll that's like right, finding space. But just on you, Scoot and, and Crossy, can you please back me up here? And uh, I don't know if there's any any truth to this story that um, you know Scooty actually uh, was best on ground in the under thirteens grand final, <laughs> and uh, one Daniel Cross uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't figure in the frame. Uh, I knew it was going to come up. I, I knew. <laughs> When, the, when you're going to ask me about the Norman Smith, I knew it was going to come up at some point. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, slightly controversial. Um, but, no, he, he did play well. Um, he was a big part of that uh, that premiership winning side and uh, helped us get over the line that day. It was, uh, it was brilliant. So, no, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't say anything else. It's, um, it's all there. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's etched in history. 
But I, um, yeah, it'd be a yeah. different story. Crossy grew to six foot three, and I'm still five foot four. So I, I, I said to I said to Scooty, you asked me about Gorney, and I asked you about the under 13s grand final. So we're working beautifully. Waxing. Now I tell you what, it's uh, it's been an amazing uh, recruiting drive. Like they've they've stacked obviously the high draft picks, and they've all uh, gelled really well. But your Ben Browns, uh, your Levers, and Stephen May, it's it's they've you know it's a it's a great. Uh, job that the, the D's have done here. It's very smart. There's a lot of recycled players yep. for the D's and they've absolutely nailed it, haven't they, MG? Yeah, and that's, no, it's been good. Yeah, no, the build's been the build's been first rate. Their top liners are uh, as good as any team in the in the comp. Um, I just wanted to ask Crossy, going into this grand final, would you lean towards the Bulldogs having been there and stuff? I know they've only got uh, probably just more than half a dozen players, but Melbourne have come – I'm going to call them. They've come fast in a short amount of time, and mm. with their history behind them, um, yep. you know, would you would you say that's a big plus for the Bulldogs going in in terms of not burning energy, especially with the two week break? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's nine players from their 2016 side that won the grand final that year, um, and then they've got Jurae, who's played at Hawthorne um, in, a, in a couple of flags as well. So. Absolutely. I, I'm not sure, um, yeah, whether, you know, many people have, you know, brought that into consideration. But um, as a player, being through experiences um, definitely does does help you. And, um, you know, although that was, you know, five, six years ago now, um, you know, memories, you know, can come flooding back. And I, I think it, um, you know, every game's different. Um but I think um, it just releases that pressure valve um, a little bit. Um, yeah, just just knowing what to expect, um, knowing the heat that's going to come. You know, I think it, it definitely does um, play a, a part in it for sure. And and it is a reason why I'm um, I'm tipping the dogs from a um, from a psychological point of view. Mm. And then what, what about the I guess the, the lack of matches that the D's have played over the last you know, um, month or so, yep. would you prefer to uh, have the Bulldogs run in uh, with all those, you know, miles under your legs? I know you're addicted to uh, playing and uh, you'd play every day if you, if you could. But uh, from a, is that a, a little concern as well? The Ds haven't played enough footy in the last sort of month and it's a bit of a dis- disadvantage, this um, skew-if draw because of COVID? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, I think yeah, they're the two major reasons. Behind, yeah, from a psychological point of view, and then from a physical point of view, I actually yeah, much prefer the preparation that the dogs have had. Um, you know, they've played three do or die contests already, um, and now they've had the the chance to freshen up um, over the weekend. They've got um, a couple of guys coming back into the side, most likely. Um, you know, that are really important. Um, for their side and, and the D's have only had one proper hit out um, in the last month. Um, so, you know, even even though they've probably got the best high-performance manager in the business and Darren Burgess um, to prepare them from a loading point of view, um, it is very hard to replicate that um, in training. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be uh, really interesting um, to see and, you know, see how, see how it pans out. 
Let's have a look at the market uh, odds courtesy of Top Sport and the D's. It's been uh, a bit of a uh, stalemate here. The D's $1.66, the Doggies $2.28, line 8.5, and, and it looks like uh, the total under has been spent one fifty five and a half. but it's uh, a fast and dry deck. It's going to be uh, terrible weather in Melbourne uh, this weekend. Surprise, surprise, not much going right down here. We've got protests, we've got uh, lockdowns, and may as well uh, just flood the joint as well. And, uh, get certain, an arc and, and get out of here. It was certainly a different, <laughs> different looking uh, grand final parade we've had. <laughs> the old bearcat going through the uh, streets. Were you at the process yesterday? Definitely not. <laughs> no, it, uh, he wouldn't have looked good in his suit. <laughs> Sunday night. My hands are a little bit soft here. I'm trading much. <laughs> oh, some uh, crazy cats out there, uh, some of the streets. But uh, yeah, it's a funny one, the betting in this one. Um, I, MG, we know that you uh, tipped up the uh, the plus and you've, you've leaned the plus. You're not deviating from uh, the Western Bulldogs? No, no, I'm, you know, it's good feedback from um, from Crossy there. I think, you know, from a punning point of view, they're, they're the factors when you're right down, I guess, the pros and cons for both sides, mm. um, you know, and part of it is doing the matchups and stuff like that. I think the teams overall, uh, both, you know, the three sections of the game look pretty even. Uh, I think Gorn's a standout that can probably tilt at Melbourne's way and they're going to have to find a way to combat him. I'm mm-hmm. not sure whether they've got the arsenal for it. I've, I've, I've got a, a line on that where I think that they have to go after him physically early um, to set the tone. They've got to take Gorn out of the game. If I'm Bulldogs going mm-hmm. into this game, and I'm sure Bevo will have a plan for him, it's uh, it's a, it's going to be a team thing. Um, Gorn hasn't appreciated in the past. He might be further advanced now, but when you've got 18 dogs off the leash, um, especially in the first 10 minutes, um, I would be surprised if Gorn's not, not not on his backside more than once. Um, this is all or nothing. It's a grand mm. final, and uh, I like the way the dogs go about it. And Melbourne, as you said, one game in or you know 28 days more or less, uh, they might be pretty sore come quarter time, and that would be the plan of the Bulldogs. They're going to sacrifice their first quarter, and and I'd be surprised if yeah they're not attacked physically and not just Gorn either. I'd be uh, I'd be setting a bloke like Libba a light early. Um, you know, that harms might go to Libba. If I was Libba, I'd be running to a few other blokes in the midfield and, and he, he'll he get into Gorn. He, he has no fear, that bloke. doesn't matter that he's uh, giving away three foot, three foot in height. I like that. So, no, I, I, you know, I'm going to stick with the Bulldogs. I think their run in is the big key. Um, they'll be primed. Nothing against uh, Melbourne's coach. He's obviously coach of the year, but, yeah, I'm in the Bulldogs camp. OB? Yeah, I like the Bulldogs, but you can't take anything away from Melbourne. Like they're, they're top for a reason. Um, you just saw in that prelim final against Geelong, who are those hardened bodies um, that they are outstanding. Petrarca, Oliver, Gaunt, nothing seems to phase them. It doesn't matter if they're a few goals down; they just sort of keep doing what they're doing. Um, Steph Martin's huge in this game for mine. Huge. Yeah. Um, if he can really nullify nullify Gorn, they're great mates. Uh, they sort of came through Melbourne at the same time from sort of different paths, um, but. Has he got the ability though? I mean, Stefan Martin's a rock solid player, and nothing against him. But Gorn is elite, and as Crossy just mentioned before, he's been elite for a good chunk of time now. Oh, I'm a big Steph Martin fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a really big fan. I thought Brisbane missed him this year, yes. um, and also just you know Brisbane missed him because McInerney could have gone forward, yep. uh, and McInerney's come on leaps and bounds. But I'm a big Steph Martin fan. He's strong. He's fit. Um, he might just have to sacrifice his game, so I'm, yep. I'm just going to go with Gorn everywhere. I'm just going to play out of my skin if I can. Um, so, yeah, and I think they sort of match up pretty well behind the ball if Gorn does go forward. And I think that Martin has to follow Gorn forward and then hand over. I reckon, you know, Crossy could could um, yep. uh, sort of um, add to this. But, you know, Gorn sort of gets his 
um, gets the ruckman, the other ruckman out of position. You saw with Stanley against Geelong, it sort of Stanley wasn't sure if he'd, he'd stand it in the hole in front of Brown and McDonald or go with Gorn. So you sort of you really have to hand over with Max Gorn. He loves going, you know, he loves yeah. loves drifting forward. So and he's got his tail up as well. That's he? right. He's yeah, full of confidence. So if Martin can just you know stay with him and just sacrifice one for the team, yeah, I like the Bulldogs. But I, I think it's going to be a cracking game because Melbourne, are, Melbourne, oh, are yeah. excellent. So what was yeah. your tip? I didn't really get it. You just sort of oh, I'm with crossing. I'm it. sitting on the fence. Yeah, I'm right on the fence. But I think you tip the dogs. No, I think the dogs. No, dogs? I think I, 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 I hope the dogs. I really hope the dogs. Um, if anyone that knows me, I'm not a massive Melbourne fan. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, oh, the dogs just. But yeah, you yeah. ask me tomorrow, I'll probably change. I find I, I just want to ask Crossy. It's like it's it's rare for a grand final and. Maybe it is the two-week break that's also had something to do with it, but it's very rare for two grand final teams to come in pretty much 100% ready yeah. to go. And and like mm. you remember last year, was it the Giants were just uh, toasted against Richmond? Yeah. Was that last year's grand final? Year before. Uh, year before. Yeah. And they were, you know, they put the flag up virtually before they walked on mm. the park. They played injured players, nothing worked. Um, this year they both come both in pretty with, much fit, and and the lineups are unbelievable. I'm not potting Melbourne at all. Their their performance against Geelong, you know, and and we've kind of walked away from that game. If they went 85, 90 percent of that game again, no one's beaten them in the AFL. They it's, were. It's it's funny how close the two teams are. So so Tomlinson's out for Melbourne with a knee. Yep. Bruce out for the Bulldogs with a knee. Would have played on each other. Yep. Keith has got a bit of a hamstring uh, scare, and so is May. Mm. You can't get any more close. even grand final teams than these. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'd probably lean to the D's. I, I think they're super organised. Um, I, I think the dimensions of uh, the Perth ground are very similar to the MCG, and I think people forget that a little bit. And so I think there's a tiny little edge there. I think they've done nothing wrong. If they were going to, if they were mentally going to collapse, they would have done it against the Cats because uh, the Cats are a side that can get under your skin. And I, I, I disagree with um, you know the the narrative about only playing two games. These guys are all professional athletes. They're, they'll be ready to go. I can see the D's winning this, um, and I I think the do- the dogs could be could be a little bit weary too. Even like a week off, I think um, the the D's could cover the line here, and I think they could nearly run away with it and um, put a hole in the Bulldogs. Yeah. I was yeah, I've been uh, impressed with what I've seen. Um, again, uh, mentally, if uh, I can see that uh, if the D's go into their shell early and don't come out uh, swinging. You just don't want to be on. No one wants to take a back step in that first quarter. So I can, I I respect your angles, and I can see psychologically a lot of this is going to be played above the heads. But I think D's have crossed that line for me mentally. The big win against the Cats from off the canvas to bury them uh, last week, and the way that they've uh, played uh, all like in the last you know four or five weeks, I think they're mentally steeled and and can get this done. And I think it's been yeah probably going to be a really good match. But I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne win comfortably. Yeah. Um, Crossy, can I ask you another question? Being over in Perth, I know the game's played at night, but uh, the forecast for 27 degrees over there, uh, it's not going to impact one or the other oversized, but again, does this come back to Melbourne not being maybe conditioned as well as the Bulldogs going in? Do you see that having an impact at all with the heat, or do you think the night will take the sting out of it and they're both they're both physically pretty much the same? Yeah, I think you're right. By... Um you know, it's just just upon evening. Um, you know, the, the the sun will be down, I'm sure, and you know, it just it sets it up. Right? Listen to those the forecast that uh, that just really gets me excited and what a, a brilliant game it's going to be, and it really will show who the te- who the best team is because um, mm. it's yeah. going to be really pure. Um, 
you know, that stadium over there is unbelievable. Um, probably the best, you know, stadium I've seen for, for quite some time. Um, surfaces, um, amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I don't think the, the temperature is um, is going to have an impact on, on the players um, because of the time. Um, yep. But it's going to make for a great spectacle, that's for sure. Yeah, both teams have been over there a while, especially mm. Melbourne. So just day to day, they're probably acclimatised well, but. Um, just with, yeah, I, I thought it was an important question to ask with the thing. I think the other thing I just wanted to mention going to the grand final that these teams have both struggled with at times is the goal kicking. Hmm. And I just think... <laughs> One of your favourites. No, well, I mean, you know, these are the games that you talk about. We yeah. haven't seen um, the, the the lack of goal scoring or, or the inefficiency cost the final yet, but mm. in the biggest moment of all, the grand finals, and, you know, we, we often talk back of, um, you know, Geelong when they uh, handed up mm. to Hawthorne that time. You know, so these are always remembered. So I think it's very important yeah. in ideal conditions in Perth on a fast deck, um, turnovers will kill you, and I think the two keys are possession. The team who has the most possession and can keep the ball and not turn it over um, will go a long way to winning it. And when your moment comes as, mm. as the goal kickers, yeah, you can see goal kicking um, deciding this one. Yeah, yep. you've you've got it. You know, you've got to put them through. I think so. That'll be a big play. And Crossy, what's the uh, what's the chat on Macca's mates? Uh, you know, how, how the how the nerves on uh, on that chat group? Little roll um, chat it's group. Been a, it's been a little bit uh, quiet the last few days. Um, yeah, the. I think it'll it'll start to build um, leading into Saturday from uh, probably tonight or, or tomorrow morning. But um, no, all uh, all good Bulldogs mates um, on there. Lindsay Gilby leads the charge as he would. He's got a bit of spare time now with construction shut. Um, and just a, just lastly from me, uh, Crossy, um, which which of the the Bulldogs or Melbourne players will be doing ground balls in their hotel room the night before the game? <laughs> um, I didn't pass that uh, tradition on to anyone. Um, that was something that I kept for myself. Um, <laughs> that was my, uh, that was my uh, yeah, advantage that I had over others. <laughs> a little bit of a pearl. Yeah, he uh, cr- cross his footy mat, he sleeps with the footy, he, uh, the grand ball, he just, like, he, he'd be a horror to live with. He just doesn't stop uh, playing with the footy and I'm tipping well, you know. uh, his kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, his kids will be exactly the same, just absolute mad, footy mad. But uh, let's have a quick look at the Norm Smith uh, betting and get everyone's uh, selection for best on ground. Odds courtesy of Top Sport. We've got uh, Petrarca favourite. I think he's been a bit of a mover. He's into 6.75 now. Clayton Oliver, $7. Marcus Bontempelli, 8.50. Max Gorn, 8.75. McRae, 13. Bailey Smith, 15. And Libba, 19. And then you can get $23 or better the rest. I might shoot first here. I see there's uh, been money for uh, Astronaut at the big odds, 51 into 34 last week after I gave him a little bit of a push. I haven't pulled the trigger. I got sidetracked and didn't uh, bet, so uh, price gone now. So uh, I'll be sick if he wins without me. But uh, my theory is if you like the Western Bulldogs, I'd be tipping Bont based on how these sides sort of match up. Um, You've seen how many votes that uh, the Bont got. I think they might try and shut down Petrarca. So, again, I'm going to go with the obvious with uh, Clayton Oliver to – Get the medal if you like the D. So that'd be the two ways I'm betting. So I'm expecting a Melbourne win, and I'd say uh, Clayton Oliver maybe gets a square up as well for uh, missing out in the Brownlow. So I'll be saying Clayton Oliver, and then the D's win. MG, your tip for Norm Smith? Uh, I think I just. I mean, obviously, I'm going with the Bulldogs, but on the Melbourne side, I, I think Gorn provides the value at the top of the top Mark. of the tree. I think if Melbourne are to win. Gorn will be right at the top of the Norm Smith uh, voting at the end. So I think they're 875 and his third pick on the Melbourne side, that's the way I'd be leaning if I'm a Melbourne follower. Um, since I'm tipping the Bulldogs, I'm going to stick fat with a couple of the youngsters. Uh, 
Smith, Bailey Smith's been unbelievable, and I, I know he's only uh, a young kid and stuff like that, but you know he's going to go a long way to taking this team um, to a premiership, and I think at the $15, he's really good value. And last week, I did tip uh, a guy that's coming back, Cody Waitman. Um, Tot Sports may have just leaked one out at $91. I see they've trimmed him to 61 I think he's tremendous value uh, still um, because if he can kick maybe four or five goals in a winning side, uh, he, be he'll give you a good run for your money. So, um, but Bailey Smith for me, and uh, the outsider would be Waitman. Mm. But Gorn, if it's a Melbourne win, OB. Yeah, look, I, I like Gorn or McRae. Um, obviously, just you know a little bit of that the the Brownlow sort of uh, non-vote getters. There's been a bit of a talk about them. Um, so I think people the the whoever's voting on the count will sort of look out for them. And um, I, I like Gorn for the romance, but I, I, I like Steph Martin a little bit as well, $126. If he plays well and the Bulldogs win, he has to nullify Max. I don't think he's going to win it, but just for a little bit of value there, um, yeah, I, I'd go Gorn, McRae or Martin as, as, as my three, a little bit of an outsider. Crossy, you're a midfielder. Who uh, who gets the uh, the prize here if it's a D's win? And then who do you lean if it's a Dogs yeah, I like your call of the astronaut. He's uh, he's probably my favourite player to watch at the moment. He's incredible, but uh, yeah, I don't think um, he'll uh, he'll get the job done. I think um, I'm similar to the other guys. If it's if it's Melbourne, um, then Maxi will, will get up. He'll be the architect of it. But um, as I said, I think the the dogs will just get up. Um, so I'm liking um, Jack McRae. Um, he's just a, a ball magnet. Um, Always under the, um, you know, he's he's always in the play, um, mm. sets up play really well, um, and you know he can he can hit the scoreboard um, as he's shown um, in the finals. So probably him and um, yeah, Bailey Smith is he was the other one I, I'd thought about as well. Um, his run and dash, um, those wing matchups are going to be uh, incredible to watch. Everyone's mm. thinking about the inside matchups. Mm. Um, you know those those wingers, they're they're pure wingmen. Like those guys, just have played on the wing this year, basically um, on both sides. So, yeah, Bailey Smith um, liked the open spaces, I think. So, one of those. Which, two, which, which wingman on. will go to which Crossy? Do you think? I think it'll be Smith and Langdon, yep. and then Hunter and um, Brayshaw. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, Lang, Langdon's got some. Uh, he can run all day, but he's got some toe as well. Um, so, yeah, I think Bailey Smith matches up um, well with him. Yeah. Just, just on the Norm Smith medal, Scooty, just for punters that don't know that the bookies bet live on the Norm Smith medal. Mm, so, so you can follow, chase so, it in. Yeah, as well as the uh, the win and the line and the total, Top Sports will be covering that. Uh, I think they shut it off all the way to about three-quarter three quarter time. So um, this should be a cracking event within itself. Not mm. only the match, but uh, you know, with the high possession getters you get, and also goal scorers, uh, you know, follow it during the run because there there could be some value in that as well. All right, it's uh, it's outstanding stuff. Great analysis and uh, big thanks to Crossy. Crossy, you'll uh, be no doubt into the KFC either the night before or to celebrate the big day itself. I know you're a big KFC man. Yeah, we get the two piece feeding. Um, no, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's nah. uh, it's good. Going to be an absolute cracking match and uh, really uh, tugging on your heartstrings. Obviously, a side that you've recently played with and uh, obviously mentored a couple of these young fellas. And then the doggies uh, played there for 13 seasons, racked up a couple hundred games. So it's a fairy tale grand final for you. And uh, your son must be in all sorts. Uh, who's he? Who's he going to uh, support? He'd be beside himself. Uh, he's really jumped on the Dog. dogs this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope none of the Melbourne boys are listening. But um, <laughs> no, he's uh, he loves Cody Waitman. 
absolutely loves him. Um, I reckon he's great too. He's just uh, a little ball of energy. You'd love to have him in your side. So, mm. yeah, he's jumped on Cody Waitland and, um, yeah, he's got the dogs jumper out. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's on the dogs um, for the win as well. Wow, he's because uh, he's always been wearing this uh, D's jumper and his little uh, footy encyclopedia, Tyler. He uh, he knows every play inside out and the stats just absolutely about the front. You got a final call, uh, Ob? You going to say something? Uh, yeah, look, just in uh, in honour of Crossy, I'm going to go uh, sort of Ed Langdon and uh, Adam Trelaw first goal sk- um, goal scorer, goal kicker. <laughs> um, yeah, just you know those two wingmen that sort of get forward. So. Langdon at 21 and Trelaw at 26. I think uh, just uh, in honour of the great Daniel Cross, just those wingmen that get forward and kick a few goals. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be on Bailey Fritch, uh, sharpshooter. MG, first goal scorer. Uh, I'm going to stick with my man Waitman. I want him to go off to a good start. I think the outsider for me for the doggies who's kicked a couple of goals first up this year is uh, Libba. So oh, Libba. He, yeah, because he, he gets in, uh, you know, if there's some ball-ins, um, throw-ins, sorry, from the forward 50. Uh, he snagged a few this year. So uh, he's he's not the worst price at thirty one dollars. Right. Sensational stuff. All right, thanks uh, for making a little birdie debut, Crossy. Outstanding. What call upon you uh, next grand final day next year? Thanks, Scooty. Good to talk to you, mate. Nice to meet you, fellas. Thanks. That was uh, Daniel Cross, two hundred plus game uh, player for the Western Bulldogs, and he finished off his career in sensational style, full of class. Our man Crossy, and he's done a great job at the Dogs there. Uh, sorry, the Dogs and the Dees uh, to provide some mentorship uh, for them. And uh, good, good luck to the umpires as well oh. this week. Yeah, <laughs> Stevic oh, and Rosebury uh, both doing their ninth grand final, so they're very experienced. Oh. And Jacob Mollison uh, doing his first. So uh, good luck to them. And then uh, you know, the other four boundary umpires and two goal umpires. So hopefully they're they're seen and not heard. Yeah, I like it. Well, um, they uh, their press conference was impressive that I saw. There should be more of that. They spoke very well. The three umpires is are they always put up for? Grand final day like that? Or yes, is that they are. Yeah, no, the, the, the three field umpires are, yeah. uh, but this year they had the boundary umpires and the goal umpires uh, as well, yeah. um, which was which is a really nice uh, a nice touch um, yeah. from the AFL. Um, yeah, they are put up, and I think uh, just the yeah, room between the lines, I think you'll hear a little bit more from yeah. the umpires next year as yeah. per your suggestion. But they spoke really well. That was really – it was really good uh, theatre to watch, and if you haven't seen it, uh, I don't know where you can see the replay from it, but uh, no, they, they spoke really well. So, yeah. Good luck to them, and hopefully they can umpire out of this out of their skins. And what's the uh, what's the COVID mail from? Uh, have, have you got any COVID mail? If the if that just spreads, will, do you think McGowan will ban crowds, or it'll just be it'll march on? Is there a guarantee? Is there a little? He is is made, there any mail? He is making that much money from the grand final. <laughs> he will not call it off. So a home and so away game, they bleed be fans. money. Yeah, there'll, there'll, there'll be, be fans. fans. Yeah, and, and, and the word is that the world's got to get on with it. And but the word is that the the the, the fellow truck driver that was in the truck with him has tested negative. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, they did all the protocols correctly. That they they stay they stayed in their cabin in mm-hmm. the truck. They did everything right. So um, I don't think there's any issues. Fingers crossed. It's um yeah. Um, but the backup is Adelaide. So you never know. So they could still switch it. What do you they mean? Could. Wow. So the grand final is going no, ahead. That's Thursday. It, it's going ahead. Yeah. It's going ahead. Whether that's in Perth or Adelaide, it's 100% going ahead. If McGowan At, shuts it, it goes to Adelaide. On Saturday. On Saturday. Mental. Hmm. No. Yep. Wow. 100%. No way. Yeah. So would they do it with crowds in Adelaide? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How are they going to do it? I'm not. Just open up the gates. Yeah. I'm free for well, yeah. no, no, But that's, yeah, so it's Adelaide is the backup. I'm not sure what the turnaround time is, if that's sort of this week or next week. I'm pretty sure it's this Saturday, though. It's all going ahead. But, wow. no, 100%. We'll be in Perth. Optus Stadium. Great stadium. Yeah. It should be unbelievable. I, I'm looking forward to it. Not just the match, the whole the whole uh, theatre and everything like that. Hopefully they yeah. can find a decent act. Music. They do. They do. So they've got uh, Birds of Tokyo. 
Great band. And Baker Boy, up-and-coming Indigenous Very rapper. Very good. <laughs> 27 minutes for halftime, so it'll be dark. The lights will be switched off. It'll be a real uh, sort of Super Bowl rock concert at halftime. Finally uh, got it right. Yeah, Gil. But, yeah, no, he's got He'd it right. He'd have to because he dressed up as Meatloaf that time, didn't he? That's right, yeah. So that wasn't his That wasn't his decision. That was Demetrio. So, um, but, yeah, no, I think it's going to – it all bides well for a really good grand final day. Yes, yeah, Saturday's uh, going to be off the chain. Storm winning. Into into uh, Melbourne Bulldogs grand yeah, final. The races into postcards into the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding stuff. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a break there. We'll wrap things up for AFL and uh, we'll talk NRL next. We'll talk uh, rugby league with Top Rope, who won't have a bar of our AFL. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got MG and OB in studio. Now it's time to talk rugby league with Top Rope Tedeschi. How are you, big fella? Uh, I'm up and about. I'm up and about. I don't know what else is on this weekend, but there's a preliminary final for all I can say It leads us nicely into stinging the tail. <laughs> Two weeks in a row now, Rugby League has uh, dropped the ball, so to speak. It's uh, week one, bowed to AFL, shifted the time slot, so uh, giving clear air for uh, AFL fans to uh, do it as they please. I'm sure they're uh, all bored. Most of them won't even be watching the game, will they? They'll just be on the piss waiting for the, the no. big dance anyway. No, they're lucky. NRL's lucky that Melbourne Storm's playing. Yeah, otherwise they'll, no they'll one will tune big, in. They'll have one of their biggest audiences of the year. Hmm. Genius by PVL. I don't know why you haven't got his T-shirt back up. Probably. It's probably just a marketing play all along, <laughs> I would have thought. But uh, the latest little uh, furphy or uh, big oh, mare. It's an absolute mare. and. We, uh, we spoke about it on the Twitter sphere early in the week, but it's probably the biggest professional foul in, uh, I'd, I'd say, any any form of sport, any sport for the whole entire year where it was it was a gripping game. And it just goes to show that high-scoring uh, rugby leagues, not the be-all, end-all, uh, Penrith, Panthers, Parramatta, Steel, uh, Parramatta Eels, sorry, 8-6, uh, it was enthralling. OB, you would have... Being you know, excited by it, I was watching a few more points wouldn't have gone astray, but <laughs> I think now uh, we've got a new a new candidate rather than the Barry Crocker. You call it the the Ray Stone. Yeah. So what we're talking about? Seventy six minute uh, the Ray Stone the uh, the ref oh sorry the uh, trainer has uh, has called time a bit of a timeout an injury timeout which has uh, cost the Eels all momentum going yeah. forward. And uh, I'm saying it's a professional foul. And the NRL responded with the 25K fairy tap. So he uh, he didn't even go out and check the player, which was his, what he was meant to do. He just called it straight away, stopping the game. So top rope, I'll uh, open the floor to you because uh, this is a blight on the game. And for 25K in a semifinal to make a prelim, I'll tell you what, every club... That's not a deterrent whatsoever, and it's uh, it's worth a fine every single time, and no doubt they'll just pay that trainer off. Absolute blight on the game. A couple of points of order first. Uh, OB definitely didn't need any more points for those on 10 to 19 points at the big price. <laughs> so very happy that we've reached state six. God bless. Uh, also, yeah, is going to cop a caning from it. He's going to deserve it, and the NRL is going to deserve it. But let's just say that him sending a New South Wales truck driver to WA in grand final week for the <laughs> AFL to spread COVID, some point of, some, some level of genius there from PBL. So let's just say he's on the road to redemption. Uh, look, $25,000 and suspended for the rest of the year. Absolutely, are you telling me that a club would not pay $25,000 to get themselves into a preliminary fine? What a ridiculous fine. Not only, not only should the bloke be fined a ridiculous six-figure sum, the club should be fined bloody millions. Money should be taken off the salary cap from next year. 
And you know what? We need to bring back a we need to bring in a, a new thing to rugby league, a race stoning. Yeah, let's have a public stoning of this bloody idiot who, who did this. <laughs> what an absolute disgrace that was. Like the Eels were I, I was, I'm not sure the Eels would have broken down the Panthers uh, uh line there, but they weren't given an opportunity. And what really gets my goat is in the lead up to to that play, uh Parramatta had made a break down the, the, the right edge. Uh and Mitchell Moses was held off the ball, tackled without the ball. Uh, Eels player, uh, Panthers player, potentially knocked it on when trying to pick it up in the scoop of the corner with uh, with your man uh, Fergo. Bunker, who does nothing but get involved all year, has been nothing involved all game, including involvement in a ridiculous penalty before halftime that led to the goal that, you know, in the end, was the difference between the two sides. Kept their mouth shut. I, 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 you know, the NRL, the, the football department of the NRL, should be marched out, not after the grand final, should be marched out today. I would dead set rather get people who've never seen the game of rugby league in the bunker, they'd have more idea than the clowns that are currently in there. Mm. Well, I can't I can't add add much. I just more support tip for yeah. uh, for your way of thinking there, Top Rope. And I'm saying it's a big it's probably the biggest scandal since Deflategate from uh, the Patriots many years ago. Like, this is uh, it was abhorrent. You know, if I was a Parramatta Eels supporter, I'd be absolutely ropeable. I'm sure they are out there. If it was the, a bigger sport, it would be. That the, the upside is that the Eels are a, uh, are a grubby organisation and, and a grubby club, so I can't be too upset with them. So, you know, one more thing for them to whinge about. But, uh, uh, yeah, a bit scandalous. But anyway, you know what? Scandals in rugby league go together like bacon eggs. So, <laughs> what did you say? To, what did you say, OB? It'd be a bigger scandal if it was a bigger sport. <laughs> I thought that's what I heard. We've heard nothing down I'm, here. So. I'm just, um, I'm just, uh, just cost to get my Hall of Fame nomination this week so, and I'll go to, go to option two. Sorry, <laughs> so what happens top rope if it happens again this week? Or what, what stops uh, yeah, a club doing exactly the 25K same? 25K for they, the premiership. Beautiful. 25K and they don't rock up grand final day. That's hardly, uh, hardly a deterrent, as you said. I will say this, MG. The one upside is there's going to be that many stoppages in this game. We may actually compete with the AFL Grand Final. Game could last <laughs> six hours, so maybe it's a sneaky way of getting back. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 what if you're a trainer? Why wouldn't you do it? You would stop it at every momentum. Those who saw tales from from Tiger Town, Madge McGuire, game one of the year, was 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 telling his trainer Snoopy Collins, stop the game, stop the game. Like it's it's obviously a tactic. Coaches are obviously willing to run it in round one, so why wouldn't you run in a prelim when a mm. game is potentially on the line? Like, it, it would be stupid of a club not to. Mm. Tell you what, could be uh, Hall of Fame worthy uh, running out for the prelim. Well, yeah, this is an absolute beauty. But uh, Hall of Fame is uh, just leads us beautifully into the next segment. Fancy that. But uh, this is a segment where we uh, recognise someone who's done something uh, amazing for the punt, and no other than. Uh, Nick Tedeschi was there, the president of the Hall of Fame. He uh, was indicted after a uh, five-zip start in the NFL. How was uh, how was week two of uh, NFL top rope? Did you hold the line? I think that's fair, Scooty. I definitely wasn't inducted. I was more indicted. I've been indicted plenty of times by plenty of people. Uh, it's uh, NFL was something. NFL was good. Just uh, yeah, another shout out to an unnamed bookmaker who's just uh, brushed me. Apparently, I can get uh, an advantage on NFL lines. So. I must be I must be some special puncher from these clowns to uh to get uh, banned from NFL punting. But anyway, my <laughs> solid lines in the world. Yeah. <laughs> solid lines in the world. Good, good idea, fellas. Cheers. Um, no, it was uh, it was it was a good week. It was a uh, 
Uh, I think three of three with the official tips, but uh, I think we've had a few winners on the every game preview, uh, MG. So uh, good see. weekend. But look, I was going to I was going to put the great OB in the Hall of Fame for just that delightful suit you wore in brown moment, but after that last comment, definitely out. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. Gonna... Nom- I'm going to nominate uh, Melbourne Storm. They've given all their fans. If you're a member of the Melbourne Storm this year, you don't have to pay for next year. So they've given everyone a free lick. No, it's no guarantee you can go to the matches next year, but I like the sentiment. There'll be there'll be some condition in it. You'd have to would have bought a membership over X amount of dollars for 2020 oh, and 2021. I think that's what it is. But, um, yeah, great sentiment for the Melbourne Storm. Always doing something right. Always keeping the rugby league afloat, the Melbourne Storm. Anything uh, from AFL there or cricket? Uh, n- nothing at this stage. <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> The racing, the racing clubs would be nice if they dipped in uh, and did something similar. That'd be great since yeah. we supported them for the last two years with no result. Well, I think, it, I think racing, it's cl- racing, racing clubs will be charging double next year. You can but take that to the back. Yeah, golf um, clubs are wounded bull type stuff as well. And yeah, AFL's a bit of a drama and MCC might get a little bit of a reduction. But uh, I think Melbourne Storm, fantastic stuff. But uh, from a punting perspective, who's in the Hall of Fame this week? Top rope. All I know is that MCC members, they've been doing it tough and it must be incredibly difficult for them. And <laughs> they deserve every dollar uh, every dollar off their membership they can get. Yeah. Heart, heart bleeding for all those from Q and you know, whatever, whatever other fancy suburbs are in Melbourne. Summer battlers. Uh, <coughs> me. <laughs> uh, oh, look, it's Ryder Cup this week, fellas. Ryder Cup uh, a year late, but we're at the Ryder Cup. And... I'm going to give it to a man named David Johnson. Now, go back to the last Ryder Cup in the United States. If you recall, there was a uh, a fan in the crowd on one of the practice days heckling the European players for missing uh, a putt from a certain place over and over again. And he was heckling and heckling. So Justin Rose has called him out and said, look, you've got one putt. I'll bet you $100 you, you won't make it. This is probably a 15-footer. This big fat fella comes on, lies up the putt, drains it. Oh, wow. How good is that? That's a tremendous effort. What a way to win a hundred bucks from from a guy who's got squillions. But he's still got the hundred, so good luck to him. David Johnson, Hall of Fame. David Johnson. Nice uh, lateral out wide uh, selection. Let's uh let's have a look at uh the golf rider cup market. May as well uh just Flip uh, the script on its absolute head here. My AV guy is going to probably uh, pull, pull, you know, he's going to be angry with me. But let's have a look at the Golf Rider Cup market. Odds courtesy of Top Sport. It's uh, Whistling Straits in Michigan uh, this weekend. So it kicks off uh, overnight tonight. And the USA world average is a nine. And then the European average is 30. And you got uh, Kepka and uh, Bryson playing on the same team. They absolutely hate each other, which um, will be good theatre and be worth watching. And the market, there's there was a little bit of a drift for the USA, 151 out to 153, and then Europe uh, uh, shortened into 325 with Top Sport, and now they're back out to 335, and the draw there is $13. I've been on the phone to my man, uh, Big Daddy Fraser, whose horse, How Romantic, is in and sand out on Saturday. He's not bullish about its chances, but it does fly fresh, and Casey's found it off the show. So uh, maybe an each-way play there, but uh, he's tipping United States of America, Top rope, are you with him or against him? Uh, I'm against him. I'm with uh, Team Europe here. <laughs> uh, look, here's the thing with America. They always go in with a better team. They always look better on paper. Here's a tip. Ryder Cup's not played on paper. It's played on grass. Uh, it's, also played, <laughs> it's also played with a, a, a fair amount of wins. So uh, I, I think conditions are going to suit, suit the Europeans. They've got a lot more experience. There's 
the one thing Europe definitely bring to a Ryder Cup is significantly more kind of team cohesion. And that, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, yeah, yeah, that the US, don't, the Americans don't care about winning for Team USA. The Europeans just gel together and they, they bring a, a selflessness to it and a stability that the US have. You, US can have to a bad start and force them in the morning session. They'll chop it and change their teams. The Europeans won't. They will stick with what they what they intended to do. So uh, I think there's a bit of value about about Europe at the, the 335. I, I, I like their experience. Yeah, I like that the wind is expected to be up. I think that's going to be great. Look, Whistling Straits is a bombers course, which no doubt kind of favours the the Americans. But yeah, the longer you hit it, the narrower the fairways gets in some of those in some of those uh, uh, landing zones there. So I, uh, you know, I'm just not. I'm just. Yeah, a few questions. I wouldn't be jumping into the shorts on America, that's for sure. But look, in fairness, Big Daddy knows more about golf than I uh, uh, from yesterday than I've in an entire lifetime. So yeah, can't can't be not putting the knock on Big Daddy. But uh, yeah, I like Europe. Mm, just to quote Big Daddy off my SMS here is America moral throw in any multis you're having for the weekend, mate. So I don't know. That could be could be bullish or a declaration. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, Let's talk rugby league. Let's talk uh, your wheelhouse uh, top rope here and uh, your side, OB, and my side, the South Sydney Rabbitohs on Friday night at uh, 10 to 8 at Suncorp Stadium. $1.70 over uh, Mark's men, the Manly Seagulls, led by Tommy Turbot. And the line here is 1.5 to 2, flat 2, and 45.5 is the total here. Week off, fresh bunnies, OB. Uh, yeah, confident. Confident, but not overconfident. I like the bunnies with a bit of momentum. Um, I like need it in know, life. Yeah, momentum. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I like them playing week in, week out. But um, you know, this would be only their second game for a lot of them in in a month. So a little bit worried about that. With you know, with with, with Wayne the goat um, resting a few in the last round of the year. But um, I think the bunnies will be too strong. But um, yeah, Turbo's just a freak. So got to got to shut him down at the back. Money says rabbits. Top rope. You say. Top rope says rabbits. Top rope, very confident on the rabbits here. The longer the week goes on, the more confident I'm getting on the Souths. Uh, and a stat that kind of that, that, that intrigued me. I highly did a bit of research on how the good coaches go and they've got a week off in the final. Like nine of the last ten winners of uh, prelim finals have wow. been the team who's had the week off. But uh, when Bellamy, uh, Trent Robinson or Wayne Bennett in the NRL era has had a week off in a prelim, so they've come the short way home, 15 and 3 in that time. Wayne Bennett, oh, 4 damn. and 0 in the NRL era uh, with uh, uh, the week off in a prelim. So uh, I, I think Seattle's going to be tuned up just, just fine. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried at all about the kind of time off. I'm not worried at all about the, the lack of. I think he will have them have them ready. Which what is about. A, which is a, a, what about the head? Like you can you can find stats to support any sort of argument, but what about South versus Manly, like head to head? Who like their last few starts? How do they match up as uh, two sides going toe to toe? South have won four straight. South have won ten of the last fourteen. So um, yeah, bunnies bunnies tick every box for mine. They're, they're, they're a better attacking side. So everyone talks about Manly's attack, unbelievable. South averaged more points than this year. South scored thirty two plus in nine of the last twelve. Uh, better defensive side. Mainly have conceded 18 plus, I think, in, in uh, 12 of their last 15. So, uh, South's the scoring points here. Mainly will, yeah, there's no doubt Mainly will get some as well. I'm not sure Mainly can go with them. I, I, 
the good coaches have been able to shut Turbo down this year. Manly haven't won a game against top four side this year. I saw the criticism last week on Twitter. I didn't mean to say top five against the Roosters. Apology to the narc out there, but uh, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, we we still hold. We still hold. Uh, it's uh, uh, I just I like I think Souths match up really really well in the pack. I think uh, they can punch hold. I, I really like what Cameron Murray can do in the middle. There's some Manly have some big forwards without a lot of lateral movement. I think Murray's the perfect guy to kind of take advantage of that. But Turbo can go nuts. And Manly can win the game. Definitely not saying Manly can't win the game here, but I think South have plenty of value, and I think they'll start a bit shorter than it all mm. I think it took uh, five minutes for my bet to salute last week, Tommy Turbo, anytime, $1.63, thank you very much. Yeah, so you don't always have to try and you know, cover yourself in glory and find the winner. You can just chip around the edges and just go a little Turbo anytime, and guess what? Turbo anytime, $1.93, MG. Yeah, I'm not sure about this week. I've got oh. two, two questions for Top Row. Manly considered flat-track bullies, and... When you say I, I thought South looked really cheap in this market without knowing, but what what would you have had a price if you went out without market in this game? Uh, I, when I did the, when I did my lines on Monday, I had it five and a half. Yep, uh, minus five and a half. So, uh, look, I don't think Manly have the flat track bully knock on them so much. What what's happened is Manly had a really tough draw at the start of the year where they played all of the top sides um, without turbo. And Turbo was hurt. So it's not like they've gone and been towed up by a lot of uh, uh, really good sides. In the limited exposure, like, I, I, I'd be happy to suggest they are flat-track bullies, but I don't, they haven't got that wrap on them yet because they haven't uh, they haven't really played enough sides and been flogged by enough. Like they've been hammered by the Melbourne Storm a couple of times, but that's mm-hmm. about it. So um, I, I just don't think they're up to that, that elite level. Also, like, it shouldn't be underestimated how popular Wayne is at Souths. Like, Wayne... For a guy who's only been there three years, he's a beloved figure at South, and they will want to send him out on top. And, and look, that, their tails will be up after getting after copying the easy side of the draw following that that win the week on the finals. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the uh, the bunnies will be pretty happy with where they're at right now. I think they'll. I'm not going to this game with a fair degree of confidence. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Little uh, bit of Alex Johnson, dollar seventy two for those little sicko any times, and I don't mind a little bit of gags, a bit of Dane Gagai at two sixty nine, dinner for two. It's not, it's not Origin, so uh, Gagai probably won't play that well. Um, but uh, yeah, Alex Johnson, yeah, definitely get on dollar seventy two. Nice little uh, one for your uh, same game multis, or just back at. That's what I do sometimes, just steer clear of the, the actual market and just back turbo, or just a little moral Pappenhausen or whatever. It's easy, easy at game. Okay, Saturday. Saturday at four o'clock, the new time slot, Suncourt Stadium, the Storm uh, grow a leg here, dollar thirty. That's more like it. Penrith Panthers three seventy eight and a half the line and forty one the total there, and it's all about Marksman Brian. Oh, is he back for Panthers? They need him on the bench. Uh, Mark, I would suggest no. Uh, mm. I, I can't recall seeing a go like this in a prelim for a long time. They were dollar fifty five. Saturday, Saturday night after the game, uh, five and a half the line. It's uh, storm off the map. Uh, I think the, I think it's right. They're right to be off the map. Uh, Penrith scored two tries in the finals. Uh, I'd uh, flogged by Melbourne the last time they played him. I know there's all this talk about Cleary being back, blah blah blah. He's been back and scored two tries in this final series. Like, I, I don't think they, I don't think they got a lot of points in him against good teams. I think Melbourne have a lot of points in him against everyone. So. Uh, I really like them. I think they clicked into gear 
beautifully. Exactly what you wanted to see in that week one of the finals. They just stepped it up a notch, had the players back, sound the alarm, the Packers back. They kind of got everything working nicely, and that's I, – I, uh, I, yeah, I'll be laying the points here. I'll be back in some alternate lines. I reckon this one could get lovely on Penrith. Ooh. Gee, they, gee, they look shaky. They look awful. They, they had a million chances to convert. They parallel them off the hook so many times, and then it took a, a professional foul to sort of get over the line in the flying, flying final stages. Ob and and the, and the Parramatta hooker, um, old uh, that, that was Ray Stone, was it? The hooker, he, he had a, he had a great game. So he, he, yeah, he was he was man of the match for Pen, uh, for Penrith. Um, so he played well. I reckon Melbourne are absolute morals here. I can't see them losing. I can't see them losing. I'm not going to watch the game. I'm going to watch postcards instead. That's how confident I am. <laughs> oh, let's well, hope three. Go you better, we, 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 we better, we better, take, you better take that one and send it down, uh, OB, because I'm going to need it uh, after the storm game finishes. Nothing until tell you then. Melbourne Storm, uh, <laughs> South Sydney Grand Final, and if we wind back probably 28 episodes, top ropes uh, two early season bets. I think what were the Storm around six fifty or seven dollars, and then uh, the Bunnies were around the ten or thirteen dollar mark for memory. So. Uh, a hat tip to you, Top Rope, to get uh, the, both sides as favoured into the prelims. And, uh, yeah, you're already a genius in my eyes, but uh, very well done there. And uh, fingers crossed for your futures, you can get uh, the big results home. Are you going to say, Nick, uh, Marcos? Yeah, I just want to ask Top Rope about the total here. Uh, it's, it looks like it's already heading north from 40.5 to 41.5. Just with the way – I know Penrith didn't play great on the weekend, but their defence was outstanding with the amount of pressure that Parra put on them. Can they hold up Melbourne Storm? And do you think this will be a low-scoring game – 42 points seems a lot in the semi. Yeah, my natural inclination was to jump all over the under. Obviously, yeah. concerns that the Storm, uh, Storm can score points. And, and recent, in recent history, it suggests that Prelims are actually pretty high scores. And what tends to happen okay. is if the Storm get away early, the towel gets thrown in and can, they can rack up points right. pretty easy. But what, what I will be doing this from a total point of view is backing Penrith under 14.5 points. Uh, I don't think that. Any chance Penrith get to 15 points in this one, unless they're kicking eight penalty goals. Um, because it is a this is a Melbourne Storm that can defend really well and, and usually lift their defence come the finals. Uh, Parramatta scored two tries against significantly inferior defences of the Melbourne Storm. So I'm not really sure how they're going to break, break the Storm down this week. So, uh, yeah, not sure about the total. My, my inclination is to be on the under here, MG. Wouldn't, wouldn't discourage anyone from taking under four. Penrith are just a huge under team when they're out of Sydney. A massive under team. Uh, massive under team when they're an underdog. Uh, problem is, yeah, if this game goes over, it'll be the Storm 40-4. to four. It'll be the Storm 42-0. The game's not going over on a 30-24 you know, game. Mm. Something like mm. that. So, um, I yeah, I'll, I'll be back in the, the other game, though. We're talking the, the Friday night game. Very, very keen on the over in that one. I think the uh, I think there'll be plenty of points in that one. I think it'll be a, a bit of a shoot at that. Already forty-four and a half to forty-five and a half in that game. So mm. heading that way. Uh, that is uh, that's the way we'll play. It. All right, top rope, fantastic stuff. Uh, we'll see you next week for our uh, final show for the season. So it's been an absolute monster year of AFL and uh, rugby league, and uh, sadly, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be us for the year. So next week we've uh, got. Almost an all-rugby uh, league show. We'll talk a little bit at the start about the AFL wash-up, but uh, we'll roll the red carpet out and it can be your show, Top Rope.
Oh, just what I've been asking for you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're celebrating a Melbourne Storm prelim win and uh, a very nice book coming to a grand final. Outstanding stuff. All right, if uh, you want more of uh, Nick Tedeschi's action, uh, make sure you check out Third and Long TV. He's uh, in scintillating form with uh, the NFL. Denver Broncos are gone two and zip, so OB's happy. He's the Third and Long man, and no, I'm an absolute pickle. I've got no idea about NFL, so um, I watch a lot of the Friday and the Monday and the Tuesday games uh, while I'm uh, babysitting my daughter, and I've been enjoying uh, just tuning into his uh, little uh, morals there. So make sure you check out Third and Long TV. Bet Docker if you're betting the ponies all weekend. And uh, that's a wrap from us. And uh, good luck in the finals uh, for the AFL. Hopefully, uh, Doggies and the D's put on an absolute uh, showstopper. And hopefully, uh, McGowan can keep uh, COVID out of Perth. Keep the chance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week.